This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. Make sure to hit the bell, like this video. This allows me to provide you more free content. Okay, so this week I have with me Laura Spatz. She is a friend of mine, and we met in the carnivore community. We are going to talk about her journey.、Um, she's been doing carnivore for almost two years now, and we are just going to talk about how she's been doing with weight maintenance and just everything else about carnivore. All right, let's get right into it. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy, and I am very excited. I have my dear friend with me today, Laura Spath. You guys have probably seen our previous video, but if you haven't,、um, Laura, if you can just introduce yourself to everyone. Hi, my name's Laura. I'm really excited to be here. I have been doing carnivore now for over two years.、Uh, I started、um, over two years ago with a keto diet, just trying to lose weight. I was 263 pounds, and Started keto because that's what I knew about. And then a few months later, I had switched to a carnivore diet.、Um, and my husband has switched, and my mom has switched, and my whole family is kind of now in this carnivore, keto, low carb world. So、um, I have learned a lot along the way and had some setbacks, but here I am two years later, still working at figuring out how to maintain it all. Yeah, and for those of you that haven't watched our previous talk, I will link to that、um, in the notes and also in the The link that comes out.、Um, but Laura, you know, today I really wanted to have you, and you know, I'm doing this whole kind of weight gain, weight stall、um, series on、um, carnivore. And you know, I wanted you to talk a little bit about your journey about weight loss. You know, I know initially you lost weight, and then you had mentioned that you、um, gained a little bit of weight over, you know, over time. If you could just kind of talk about that, and then, you know, what are you trying to do to maybe lose some of that weight again? I originally, when I started, I was very determined,、um, very strict, 100%, super dedicated,、um, and lost 123 pounds in about 10 months. So it, from March until the end of January, I had gone from 263 pounds down to 140 pounds. And I pretty much stayed there from January through. 
um, maybe the end of July, but I think over that time, I did start having some issues. Um, I was experiencing some hair loss. My hair was kind of just falling out. I attribute that to a lot of things like just losing weight so fast. And I was under eating protein originally when I had first started keto before I had switched to carnivore. Um, I was doing a lot of fasting also, which has always, you know, been very beneficial to me. And to maintain that weight loss, I was also had added exercise and was doing some really intense workouts, um, at least three days a week. And so keep maintaining 140 pounds for me at five, eight was really hard. And it took a lot of work. It was very strict, lots of fasting, lots of exercise. Um, and I think it was like near the end of July, I kind of just slowed back on some of that. I got a lot more relaxed. Uh, and was really trying to work on at the time I did spend a few months over the summer not having a period. And so I was trying to fix that. And so I did take a break from working out as heavily. I started eating more, um, more often making sure I was just eating maybe two meals a day instead of one meal a day. And I gained about 10 pounds. A lot of that was intentionally just because I was trying to see if that helped me with my hormones and stuff a little bit. And it did, it was great. Um, Within a few, a couple months, I um, had got my cycle back and it's been really regular now for the last six months. Um, it's been perfect and I have been sleeping better. I was, so a lot of that was original, intentional. The first 10 pounds was like intentional weight gain. And then after that, I just have gotten more relaxed. It's like I'm in maintenance. I don't, I could have a snack that's carnivore snack. Cheese is a carnivore you know, pork rinds are carnivore. I can have late night, watch TV and eat carnivore lunchables as I call it, right? With summer sausage or pepperonis and cheese and pork rinds. And so too many of those like munch on the kids bacon for breakfast, eat my really big meal that I normally eat for lunch, have an ask little munch on some cheese and some, you know, pepperonis while I'm making the kids dinner, have a late night snack on my own. And that turned into such a habit, especially over the holidays when I used cheese as my escape from um, just not having, call it Christmas cookies, right? I wasn't eating Christmas cookies, so I ate cheese anytime I thought about wanting Christmas cookies. And I would say over the course of the holidays, I gained probably another 10 pounds. Um, and anytime that I've gained weight, I, I certainly at least can pinpoint to why I'm gaining weight. And it is for me hundred percent of the time boiled down to the fact that I'm eating too much too often. Um, I know we like to think that we can eat, you know, as much as we want, as long as it's carnivore, but it's it, some ways, you know, calories are different when you're on carnivore for sure. You, you, I can eat more calories and still maintain weight loss, but calories still do matter. And I can definitely eat too much too often. Um, and so that definitely happened over the holidays. And then now in this quarantine world, I have really been struggling um, in March and April to not deal with stress eating, to not make myself a plate of bacon um, at the, late at night, or to not eat a bag of pepperonis and a package of string cheese at two in the afternoon, just because you know, it's been a long day and work's crazy and the kids are crazy and I can't leave the house. Um, so the weight that I've gained even more recently from this stress and quarantine has, I think it's all been a part of that. And again, I can really pinpoint that to specifically 
eating too often, eating too much, eating when I'm not hungry, stress eating, um, and just kind of grazing that grazing all day mentality that I get myself into. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, I think a lot of people have gone through that. I mean, I, myself, when I cut dairy, I added, you know, like other sausages and pork rinds and I still didn't lose weight because, you know, I transferred one emotional eating snack to another one and you could definitely eat um, way more than you need on carnivore and actually gain weight. Like I myself have done that, especially on during periods that I was stressed, then I would go downstairs and my break would be to have like string cheese or even like a whole block of cheese or, you know, or beef jerky and eat the whole bag and all that stuff. So I totally get it. Um, and you know, this whole pandemic is it's we're on, we're during it's unknown territories and, you know, it's a lot of stress. You watch the news. It's so easy to get sucked into it. And then, um, you know, and we're always home and there's no one else that we have to kind of go to. And so it's just easy to kind of eat too. Um, and so it is hard. And so, you know, what, what have you tried to sort of start implementing to, because now you're aware of all of this, like, what are you doing to kind of mitigate yourself from overeating or over snacking? I definitely have tried this several times over the last month and you know I know what to do but it sometimes does that not mean that I can actually follow through on it myself. So at the beginning of every month I've set some specific goals and sometimes so far the last couple months that obviously hasn't lasted and I have to continue to kind of reset myself um because those those habits do pop in but for me fasting is the tool fasting is how I can keep myself in check it's how I stop the emotional eating um I like setting eating windows for myself I like knowing when my meal is I like planning out like I know what I'm going to eat tomorrow and that helps me to not want to eat anything today just because I know what I have to look forward to tomorrow. But I, I do have to set myself specific fasting windows to help me not eat um, outside of that. And it's because those are emotional reasons, right? I, there have been times where I'm genuinely hungry and I will, you know, give in and eat something because it's necessary. If I didn't eat enough for lunch, then maybe I would have something for dinner. But those times are very rare. I have this pretty dialed in where I know if I eat a certain amount of food for lunch, I won't be hungry again until the next day for lunch. And I have to be very strict in saying, you cannot eat again until tomorrow for lunch because otherwise I know I'm eating for emotional reasons. And if I walk to the fridge to grab something, it's not I'm never going to go through the effort at eight o'clock at night to cook myself a steak and to make, or to like make myself some eggs. I'm going to grab something that's quick and easy and processed and pepperonis and string cheese. Usually like I'm going to grab something that's not going to do anything to like make me feel better. All it's going to do is cause me some inflammation and, you know, just not help at all with weight, with weight gain. So fasting is the biggest tool that I've used. Um, to help regulate my fat loss over the years to help me focus on not emotionally eating and also just to help me try to any type of maintenance or weight loss has to involve some kind of fasting for me. Sure. And I mean, I think that makes sense. Like uh, the reason why we have monthly challenges or diets or, you know, at the fir uh, first of the year, we always have these kind of New Year's resolutions and it's always has something to do with cleaning up the diet, exercise regimens and so on and so forth. And it's because it gives us rails that we can kind of be in these safe lanes that then we can 
kind of function and we know bioindividually what works best for us. And for you, you found that, you know, having fasting and having these windows of eating allows you to kind of play it safe and to then, you know, be able to find optimal health within that range of um, fasting windows. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, not, it, it doesn't necessarily work for everyone, but fasting, I mean, scientifically, and I've been saying this in so many videos now, but it, um, scientifically, it's a great tool for so many health benefits. And so for you, it works well. And so that's great. You know, I think, um, I think the overall message is we have to find what helps us to not emotionally eat. And for some people, it's maybe picking up some other habit um, that's not detrimental to our health. Um, you know, what, and like, what, you, like you said, go sorry. No, go like ahead. You said, there are people who are not, who shouldn't be fasting and fasting doesn't work for them and it might cause them to have other negative issues. And that's totally okay. I am not somebody who is saying that everybody should fast. I think there are people in this space who are very open about the fact that fasting does not work for them. And I think that's great. What I do think is great too, is that people have a lot of different perspectives that they can pull from where I know that fasting has been a huge part of my journey and I would not have lost the weight without it. Um, and it's totally okay that there are other people who cannot handle it at all. And it, definitely messes with them mentally or physically. And so I think kind of in all of this space with everybody sharing their journeys, you know, we have to take a little bit from every person. I have learned so much from, you know, so many different people. There's not one person that I mirror myself like, and it's important that we are just kind of putting together what works for us and, you know, offering different perspectives, I think is really important. Yeah, I mean, you know, I followed your journey for a long time now. And I think that's one thing that's very helpful with you is that you are flexible, right? It's not like just because fasting has worked for you, you're saying that fasting works for everyone. Um, it's a tool you use, right? And you don't, you, you don't struggle with disordered eating. So it even makes more sense why it works for you and these having these parameters, um, but you're being open with the you know, the struggling with emotional eating. And so having just, okay, this, the kitchen is closed from now on until the next time you're eating, like, there's nothing wrong with that, right? It, it's actually beneficial for a lot of people. And again, scientifically, you're helping your insulin levels, you may be supporting your metabolic rate, and you're also doing a lot of cell cleanup in your body. So all of these things are beneficial um, for so many reasons. And then just not eating late at night, you're helping yourself be able to sleep better and um, just help the healing process and the toxin detoxification while you sleep. So all of those things are really good. Um, you know, what, what would you recommend for some people that are struggling with like emotional eating or just maybe not even, uh, you know, staying carnivore, like they're falling off the rails. Like, do you have any tips for them for, you know, your years of being carnivore now? I mean, honestly, if you figure it out, let me know because <laughs> I, I wish this is why, you know, I can't, I feel like I, I can't coach people because I'm still figuring it out myself. And I still have days where, you know, I find myself sitting on the couch with a bag of pepperonis and a bag of string cheese and just, you know, the next thing you know, they're both gone. So, you know, I do feel like I've learned a lot of things. I try to set some specific goals. I try to um, keep anything food that I cannot eat is not in my house. And I don't know how people live with spouses or kids or relatives who have this food in their house, because I can't tell you how many times over the last two years that I've just like in a moment of frustration, gone to the pantry. And if there was a snicker bar in there, I don't know if I am at a point in my journey yet where I would have not eaten it. Right. It's I, in this moment of like 
isolation and aloneness and stress and, and, and feeling that way. So, um, you know, it's important for me to have supportive friends to reach out to people around me. I have a very supportive uh, husband and, and family. Um, I do think my kids are, are small, but they would fall over if they saw me eating something with sugar in it. Like they would be like, mom, you don't eat sugar. What are you doing? So, um, you know, publicly declaring things also, maybe that's why I share myself on YouTube and Instagram because that really keeps me uh, accountable. I think for some people when they're first starting carnivore, it's maybe helpful to not tell anybody because it's hard when people criticize that. But I am somebody who would never want to let people down, right? You and I have talked um, that I'm an obliger and I would, if I publicly declare that I'm doing something, then I you know, feel so accountable to that and want to make sure that I'm not letting somebody down or failing. Um, so, you know, having an accountability partner, whether that's publicly or, or privately is really important to me. Um, and then just setting some goals. I like to honestly get out of the house and distract myself. That's been a little more difficult in this time, but you know, the busier I am, the sometimes more helpful, uh, that that is based off of kind of like what you've been experiencing and then even like the emotional eating and some of the weight gain, um, what, what is making you still stay carnivore and instead of just throwing in the towel and saying this diet doesn't work too? Hey guys, just to let you know, my carnivore cure book is back in stock for nine months. It was out of print and used prices were up to $300. Make sure to get your copy today that has over 200 colored tables and graphics and over 400 pages of meaty goodness. We have a limited supply, so get your copy today on Amazon.com. And if you can leave a review, I'd be super grateful. I know that it's the only way that I can control and heal my relationship with food. Um, I am not somebody who can have a piece of pizza on a Friday night and then wake up on Saturday and get back to a diet. Like I'm not somebody who can have a cheat day because it turns into a cheat month. And you know, the next thing you know, I've gained all my weight back. And I've done that many times in my life where a cheat day turns into you gain a hundred pounds back. Um, I know that not only is it's the easiest way for me to maintain that, I guess, without torturing myself daily of this restriction or calorie counting or living on 1200 calories a day to maintain weight loss. I do feel satisfied. Um, I love eating steak all the time. And not only is it healthy for me, I feel better. And I want, I wish I could say that like, I want to be my best self and healthiest self. And that's why I'm carnivore, but there's a vanity element to it. Absolutely. Um, and that's something that I deal with. And I know that I cannot handle, I'm not somebody who can handle moderation. And, um, if anything, that's evident from my emotional eating on carnivore food, because I tell myself like, just have one piece of string cheese and you'll be fine. But the next thing, you know, I finish the whole packet, right? It's the permission to let myself have one of something means I can have as much as I can get my hands on. And the same is true, whether it's, um, string cheese, pepperonis, macadamia nuts, or snicker bars. Um, and the only way that I can, I mean, at some point I do stop eating steak. That's evident. And so I know I can eat steak, be satisfied and be full, be healthy. And there's not a lot of guesswork when it comes into it. I know if I can stay strict for me, one meal a day works 
doesn't have to for everybody. But if I can stay strict one meal a day, um, beef only, I will not gain weight and I will lose weight and my body will find a happy weight that I want to be at. Um, the weight gain that I experience is a hundred percent due to eating other foods too often and too much. And so I know that some people have unexplained weight loss. And I think that, you know, you're going to share some other stories that have to do with that, but mine is my fault. And it is a daily struggle to kind of stay in the eating for physical hunger versus eating for emotional reasons. Yeah. And I mean, just during this time, it makes it so much harder, right? We're at home. So when you're stressed at work, it's not like you have an open kitchen to just go in and snack all the time. I mean, you just kind of have to sit with that or you're just busy because your coworkers are there, but you don't have that at home. It's just your stress. So you come downstairs and you emotionally eat. And I mean, I see my husband do it, right? He's very fit, but I know for sure he's not snacking like that at work, but he comes down and then he eats and he noticed he was gaining weight like the first few weeks of um, the whole quarantine. And so then he started putting measures in place so that like, again, these rails, it wasn't fasting, but he like started limiting his carbs because he was also gaining weight. So I think it's very normal. It's just, we just need to figure out what works best for us. Um, I do so, think tracking can be a good tool for people in the beginning because I think a lot of times people are either overeating or undereating and undereating is also something that can happen. I think that's originally why when I first started, my hair started falling out and I was, you know, um, part of it was that I was undereating. I was eating about a pound of beef a day when I first went carnivore thinking like, this is so much food. And at the time that was kind of all I could eat. And so, um, I do think that that contributed to, to some of it. And I think then now I, I, I know overeating is my issue, but some people can kind of slow themselves down over time just from undereating. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I had a client that, uh, he told me how much he was eating and I think it amounted to 800, 800 calories a day. And I'm like, Whoa, you are significantly under eating. And he genuinely didn't know because he was like, well, you know, I'm just trusting my body. And I mean, it seems like a lot, like he was eating like six eggs or something at least for breakfast. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. But when we did, so I had to bring out my calculator cause I wasn't sure of the numbers either. And we're like, Oh wow, this is way under eating. And so, um, he started getting better sleep just eating right away. So I agree. I think tracking and some people, I mean, maybe long-term they do have to track because maybe that's another guardrail, right? I know for my husband, that totally helps him. He loves tracking everything. And so him just tracking his calories um, has helped him to kind of stay within the rails that he's set for himself. Right. And he's able to manage his weight for years. Um, but not everyone can do that. Sometimes it becomes obsessive. So again, this is where yeah. you have to know yourself, but yeah, I agree. I think uh, when you're new to this way of eating, it may be beneficial to track, um, especially in the beginning to understand, you know, how many calories are you consuming with that fat or with the steak, or, you know, maybe you should be eating a little bit more. And then as you figure it out over time, I mean, you're only eating a certain amount of meat. So it's almost like unnecessary to track, but I mean, you can always, it's just, again, figuring out what works for you. Um, and I think too, like it's an education tool, you know, I don't think it's something that you have to do all the time. But when I first started, like when I was more low carb, like I didn't know mushrooms had carbs and pickles have carbs and like these supposedly safe foods all have carbs still. And so I learned that an egg has a carb in it when I started tracking it and putting those things in. So that was kind of where, you know, you can, you just use that as an education tool. Yeah. 
yeah, that makes sense. So what are your plans now? I know you said that you have some goals, but um, you know, is it like exercise? Like what are some of the goals that are you're trying to kind of rear back some of the, like maybe snacking and all that while we're still in quarantine? So May, I once again have some really good goals and I have, you know, hopefully a good system in place to, uh, to keep that, you know, longer on track this time, but it's for me one meal a day. I don't think that's right for everybody, but it works really well for me and I really like it. Uh, and so it's very strict one meal a day. I will not eat anything else outside of that window. Um, you know, it would be a rare exception where for some reason I was like extra hungry, but I've been doing this long enough to know that I won't be hungry for dinner and I won't be hungry the next morning for breakfast. So for me, that works. Um, I am trying to do 20 minutes of movement a day in the house, body weight exercises, do some squats, do some, you know, just air squats, do some on my knees, push-ups. <laughs> um, I have some little six pound weights that I've been doing a couple things with, do some sit-ups. It's not about the weight that helping weight loss. Cause I don't think exercise has been a big part of my weight loss. Um, it's more about the fact that I feel good and it gets me up and it gets me moving and it gets me to stop feeling sorry for myself. And it kind of gets my mind off the fridge for a little bit, honestly. So that is helpful. Um, Another one of my goals is to just have 30 minutes to myself a day sitting in the sun. I know vitamin D is so important. I am somebody who tends to kind of just be a hermit and stay inside all day. I told my husband, like, I need 30 minutes a day that's not at work, that's not the kids, that's just kind of me time. And I want to sit out in the sun and get a little color and get some vitamin D. And that has been really helpful for me to kind of have that time every day. So it's little things like that. Um, I think those are the three main things that I was focusing on is just zero eating when it's not your meal time and um, exercise and getting some sun every day. And those are helpful. It kind of just gets my mood lifted. It definitely gets me out of my funk. Um, I wish I could say I was like super peppy all the time, but I'm not going to lie. There's some days where I just, will, if I could stay in bed and watch TV all day for like a Saturday, that sounds like the perfect day for me. <laughs> well, yeah, especially when we have young kids. I <laughs> I have the same thought. Um, yeah, the exercise, I agree with you. Um, you know, my husband always tries to get me to do even 15 minutes of exercise because I'm always like, well, I'm eating so clean. I don't need to exercise, but you know, I'm in the house a lot and I'm watching the kids and, you know, just doing dishes isn't enough exercise. And so when I do 15 minutes consistently and it's just like short bouts of maybe like the movements you talked about, it's not about the weight loss really, but it's, you know, just moving. And then, you know, just feeling accomplished after doing a little bit of that hard movement. And then maybe some of the endorphins are released, but you just feel better. And I think it just also helps your habits. You know, it's like one more habit checked off. So then you're going to do continue to do good in other areas like you're eating. Um, but I agree. I don't think, you know, unless you're doing bouts and bouts of cardio um, exercises is the way to lose weight, but you don't want to also be doing that much cardio because it's just not good for your adrenals as well. So, but yeah, my husband goes, my husband loves to go for a walk every day for like an hour and that oh, it awesome. sounds terrible to me, <laughs> but I'm really happy that he loves that. I just, um, isn't, that's not something that I in, enjoy and it's not going to motivate me. And so, you know, I do think it, just taking 15 minutes and doing some movement in the house does get me a little bit out of my funk and it almost gets me motivated to do, to do other things. Right. Right. Um, is there anything else you want to share as we're about to close? I mean, is there, you know, it sounds like everything is really, you have to figure out what works for you. And I think you found your ways. And um, I completely agree with you. I think, 
you know, it's really about figuring out how carnivore works best for you. And that may be fasting, that may be, you know, changing some macros, um, you know, it, it may be just, you know, eating, changing eating windows, um, but it's figuring out what works best for you. Because no matter how long you've been doing it, no one will know what works best for you other than you. Um, right. Is there anything that you kind of want to give advice or tips to people? I mean, I think for me, the biggest thing is, you know, if you are very thin to begin with, there will maybe be some weight gain because of the fact that you just were too thin. I did experience a little bit of that, which is funny for me to say. When I was at my thinnest, I think I probably needed to gain about 10 pounds and that made my body a lot healthier. And so there may be some unfortunate side effect of just getting healthier um, in that regard. But I do think for me, weight gain has been 100% my fault. And that's not the case for everybody, but definitely for me, it has been. And I have had to have some hard conversations with myself to say like, okay, what are we doing that's not working? What do you need to adjust? What can we use as a lever? Um, is it, you know, the levers for me have always been like cut out dairy and do some kind of fasting. Um, or even just looking at, you know, what, what kinds of things that I'm eating. I think, you know, for somebody cutting down to as strict as they possibly can to a limited amount of food as much as they can um, is a great place to start. And then kind of as you add things back in, you can see what's working for you. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that's good. I, think, I mean, really, I think what it comes down to is, um, you know, I think part of the journey of why you're healing and doing it well is you know your limits and you know kind of, you know, why, why things are going on. Because some people might have gone through your journey and then said, it's not me, it's carnivore, it's broken, right? But you are acknowledging, no, I wasn't as strict. I wasn't eating just the nutrient dense meats, but eating more maybe of the like string cheeses and um, other processed meats. So um, I think that's good. I mean, that's part of the journey of healing and then figuring out, okay, how much of this is the emotional aspect and not just that, you know, we were eating like toxic foods. Um, yeah, and I would... I think along those lines, for sh I, I would hate for somebody to n think carnivore doesn't work for them because they see the way that I do it and think that they can't do it that way. Right. Right. Like if you can't eat that much in one sitting, like I do, that is totally probably more normal, right? You don't have to do it the way that I do it. You don't have to do fasting. You don't have to do these things. You have to find what works for you. But I think that some, there are so many forms of carnivore. And I do believe truly that carnivore can be used as for weight loss and for healing and is a great way for people to live. Um, but I think that, you know, you have to find just because it's not my way doesn't mean that it doesn't mean it's not going to work for you. Right. I mean, I mean, that's a great way to end it. I think, um, you know, what you said is so true. We just got to figure out how it best works for us. And you're right, you can use it for weight loss or weight management and also for healing just about everything. Okay, so where can people find you and your story? Well, I probably share uh, much too much on Instagram every day um, at Laura E. Spath. And then you can come and find me on YouTube as well, um, Laura Spath. Okay, and I'll share those in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for joining me again. And I will talk to you soon, Laura. Bye. All right, guys, I hope that this video has helped you to realize that you need to figure out your best way of doing carnivore that works best for you. And again, the only person that will know that is you. If you haven't checked out our first um, interview, I will also put that in the notes. And we talk a little bit more about Laura's journey. All right, guys, you know the drill. Make sure to eat a lot of meat. Take care of your bodies because it is the only place you have to go. Take care. Bye.
Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com slash groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com slash articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and the Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.